0: All right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the FEI podcast. Today, we are joined uh, by a good friend, Phil Tatum. Phil, hey, thanks for being on, man. Hey, great to be here. Yeah. Excited, man. We've How long ago did I meet you? That's like, I think I entered like six, seven years ago, probably. Were you a part of Merge? I was. Yeah, I so like maybe longer, eight years ago, something like that. It's, it's been crazy, a while. Man, it's been a it, minute. It has been a while. All right, Phil, before we get into uh, kind of your story, what you do, what you're involved with, you and I were chatting before this about our, <laughs> our favorite beer. So you had a great story. Tell us what your favorite beer is and then give us the back story. Of it. Okay, okay. So I'm,
1: I'm a hop head. I like APAs and all that, but I'm kind of shifting into Belgian beers. Okay. Floral. Yeah. Uh, Very sophisticated know. palate you <laughs> yeah, have. You yeah, you know, as you yeah. age, as one ages, palates change. <laughs> so there is a beer that I, as I started to get into Belgian beers, I heard about. It is called Vesvalet Vern 12 can okay. you say that? Uh, Ves, Vesvalevran 12. Vesvalevran 12. It is Sounds made Spanish. in a Trappist uh, brewery. You can only buy it on site. Trappist brewery. What is that? That is a monastery. Whoa. Monks brew the beer in addition to doing Jesus y things and praying for people. Uh, by supporting, by buying My this people. beer, you are helping the world. Okay. They actually give, care for people. So I've heard a lot about this beer. Some say the best beer in the world. I don't know. Czech beer advocate whatever website you like to use. but If you can so, spell that. Right. Vespa Leber <laughs> 12 is their Belgian quad, and I got to partake of that. Uh, just the 12-ouncer. Uh, someone visited the monastery. Okay. They bought some. I think they bought a lot, actually. They gave me one, but it was uh, taken from Belgium back to Germany to Georgia, the state, And then up to Tennessee to a Bible college campus that is dry where it was passed off to me. (laughs) I took it home and had it with my minister and it was delicious. Best beer you've had, huh? Best flavor in 12. When's the last time
0: you've had it? Uh, that was last time. the only time I've had it, last time. Really? So it made that much of an impact on oh, you? Oh, man. It was a it's, one-time deal, huh? Yeah. And you, I'm assuming you can't just buy this online. You no, gotta. you have to
1: be there. You have to go there. I'd love to do that, do a trip. I've been to do Belgium once in my life. Pilgrimage uh, to
0: Belgium for the, for the great, the holy end of the beer. Yep. Dang, man. There that it is. That might be the best... Beer story I've ever heard in my entire life. Congratulations. Yeah, with well, that and Coors Light. Those are my favorites. Well, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, of course. The right, yeah. mountains are blue. It's, it's Colorado. I love it. It's cold. You know? It's so it's cold. Is that really your favorite light beer? Uh,
1: it, it, do I have a favorite light beer? I don't yeah, know. Right. If I have they, to drink
0: one, I will drink Coors, Coors Light. All right, man. Over Miller Bud. Yeah. yeah, that's a note to Colorado. Love it, dude. Wow. That was awesome. <laughs> um On another note, man, uh Phil, I, I would love it if we just start off, man. Like, Tell us more about yourself, what you do, um, your involvement with Global Scope CMF kind of give everyone listening. So for those who don't know, Global Scope is is one of our partners here at Flatirons. Right. Uh I personally went on a Global Scope trip to Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, it's one of the major reasons why I'm here working in ministry. It had such a huge impact on my life. But I'd love to hear more about your involvement with Global Scope, man. Give us kind of the, the overview of of what is Global Scope. What what do you guys do?
1: Yeah. So we are we're part of a, a bigger, broader missions organization that's based in Indianapolis, but Global Scope is we are trying to reach college students who are far from God on university campuses yeah. around the world. So right now we have 14 different ministries going. Most of those in Europe, we've got eight in Europe, four in Latin America. My math's probably wrong. one uh, That's 12. <laughs> one, one, <laughs> that's then yes, we have yeah. one more in Thailand, one in Australia. But we've got teams of mostly young adults slash medium adults trying to do outreach on campus to, to skeptics, to people who – have either had a a bad taste in their mouth because of the church or Christians. We are trying to reach those people. We're not trying to do youth ministry overseas for the church kids. And, and that's one of the beautiful things I think about the partnership we've had with Flatirons is we have the same passion of reaching Mm. people who, uh, don't know God or don't know the God that you and I know. Yeah. And so had a nasty experience with it
0: growing up. Exactly. So
1: we've got 14 of those teams working 76 people on staff. Um, all around the world, right now, doing stuff, trying to reach amazing reach students.
0: So cool, and, and and give us some more backstory. How did how did you how did you get involved with with Scope? How did how did it start? Like, give us as much background as you want on that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I I ended up at Georgia Tech. I I grew up just outside of Atlanta, um, and I was going to be a professional athlete, um, like we all were. Yeah, and then and then uh, I had uh, realized pretty early that I did not have the genes for that. Uh, pretty good at math and science, and so I ended up at at Georgia Tech. Uh, my plan was to make lots and lots of money, being an engineer, whatever those are. Uh, and I did get an engineering degree, but um, what I found there was this college ministry that was, uh, it was incredible, like hundreds hmm. of students gathering every week. Wow. I grew up in church. I was a Christian from a young age, but college... Uh, Georgia Tech was a tough place to be a Christian. Yeah. Like most of the professors are not Christian. Um, it is a rigorous academic environment. Yeah. It's just it's a tough place. But I found this group of of literally hundreds of college students mm. who weren't being drugged to church by their parents like I had been, but they were pursuing God, pursuing Jesus, mm. and man, it changed my life. Mm. Um, and around the time that I was in school, which has been a few years now, uh, that campus ministry, Georgia Tech Christian Campus Fellowship. Yeah. Started partnering with this missions organization in Indianapolis and started planting. We started in the fall of 2000 with one campus ministry in Mexico City. Wow. And from there, boom, it took off. And so my personal story intersected uh, as I was about to graduate. I was looking at, okay, do I want to go be an engineer at Coca-Cola, help out McDonald's and Burger King, make more money, or I was presented with the opportunity to go serve and help plan a ministry in Santiago, Chile. And wow! so I did that. I was going to do that for two years. Yeah. And that was 22 years ago. <laughs>
0: and then obviously you got hooked and, and stayed with it ever since, man. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool. Uh, and tell us more about, I mean, I love how you kind of mentioned, so you growing up, because my story is very similar in the sense of, hey, Christian home had some semblance of church, church background, but at some, at some point, it sounds like in the, this college ministry you're involved with, something clicked that made it different. What, what was that for you? I,
1: I remember, so I don't remember, uh, sorry, all preachers out there, I, I don't remember sermons, man. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They, they mean something to me in the moment. But what I remember, I can almost, I don't remember the words, but showing up in that place, I encountered uh, the lead campus minister there who's still there, Rick Harper, just a realness, an authenticity mm. and a vulnerability. It, it feels like this place to me. I remember sure. walking in, and my church experience had been different. It just felt like everything had to be so buttoned up. Yeah. And if you were struggling, you kept that quiet. And mm. I don't, I don't know that that was the intention of my church background. But I found this place that was authentic, real, where people were, yes, they were pursuing God, but they were struggling, and it was yeah. okay to have, you know, doubts and questions and question the Bible yeah. and question God. We were just, we're in it, man. We were wrestling together and mm. that, man, God just got a hold of me
0: and that, it, it drew me in and I've kind of been, been hooked to that since. Yeah. That level of authenticity, man. I think that's huge. And something that, I mean, in, in the, the few experiences I've had with Global Scope in and of themselves, I think that that's something I've experienced, which is so huge. And I, I'd love to kind of open up a lot more of this, this conversation of, you know, coming from, from that, that background and finding a level of authenticity that I'm assuming through that, what you're saying is God really showed up in a way where you said, "Hey, I can be my true self with God, but also I'm starting to understand how God actually intersects it with my life in a way that makes sense and makes me passionate about it Absolutely. How, how has that rubbed off on on global scope? like how have, you seen, how have you seen that implemented in what you guys are doing?
1: Yeah, I think there's a um, we've got a, there's a humility like when God has done something that you couldn't do for yourself which is what happened to me like i got through like several struggles in college through through doubts about faith through the yeah. bible pornography struggle all these different things and and god through that community brought me through that hmm. uh, i was at a place where like i i wanted to serve i wanted to do something for god but i also had the humility of like it's got to be god that shows up yeah. like what like i i can't do this on my own and so I think the way Global Scope works is kind of in and through community, but again, that that like authentic, um, you know, showing up as your real self, and you being loved no matter what. There's yeah. safe space for you, but also like loving people enough to say that this is where you are, and and let's let's try to follow God together and see where God wants to take you. See you if know, it's a better place. Yeah, yeah, not not being you know just stuck and this is who you are. There's one thing about. You know, having safe space and being loved, but but I think God loves us enough to not to not leave us in yeah. that. He sees us in that, but like calls us into like our true selves. It's
0: good, man. Um, yeah, it's that whole, and we talk about it a lot here at Flatirons. I believe it's in John one where it says that Jesus came full of grace and truth, and it's yep. that balance of hey, grace is what it gets you off the mat. It's what forgives you. It's what we just celebrated recently with Easter, right? Jesus died for us so we be forgiven, have a brand new identity, and be kind of let off the mat, have all that condemnation and weight taken off our shoulders. But the truth side of it too is hey God loves us enough to not let us stay where we're at. So if if we want to get to a different place in life, we actually have to be able to to receive hard truth to live differently. And Absolutely. I love that, man.
1: Yeah, that's one of our I mean one of our core principles is is we lead we lead grace-driven communities. Mm. You know, we're always going to lead with grace because yeah. that's what God extended to us, mm. right? Uh but again, we're not we're not saying that we believe Jesus came in grace and truth and we're not hiding hiding from the truth, but we are leading with grace every time. Cause that's yeah. what, that's what pulls you in. That's what Jesus yep. did. You know, the woman caught in adultery, like over and over again, like he's reaching out with grace and
0: love. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate to say this, but there there's a reality to it where it's like a lot of people's church experiences. This was a bit of mine. And I'm sure you're seeing this on a global perspective too. You kind of mentioned with, you know, different, you know, uh, assumptions and views of the church is a lot of people have not received grace that I think a lot of churches, a lot of Christian communities in America, around the world, there's some that are incredible, and I'm not at Absolutely. all throwing anybody yeah. under the bus, but that's right. a lot of people's experiences, like, man, it's, it's not grace. I'm getting hit over the head with with truth, and it's just truth, and there's there's no love, there's no grace in it, and so it's such an important factor. Yeah. Um, I want to dig into something a little bit here, maybe go a little bit different of something we were planning. You mentioned, kind of in that college time, you had some 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 faith doubts that you were working through. I actually remember... It's Probably during the merge days back in my internship, you came and spoke a little bit about doubt. Would you mind kind of un- unpacking that a little bit in your story? like what were those those doubts that you were really walking through I, absolutely and let- let me
1: first say, like I'm kinda still walking through doubt yeah, me like, too. i've I've gotten to a place where i i I welcome the questions and yeah. and I am not afraid. I think walking into college, my growing up faith experience, I was afraid of asking hmm. things, asking the wrong things, wondering how God would react, you know, to my questions. And and part of that, my time in college ministry, there was like, you wait, you think God's afraid of your questions? You think God can't handle mm, your yeah, own questions? Sure. So like loosening up a little bit with yeah. God was was a big thing for me. And I think in college, the doubts were certainly around you know, science, how do you believe, how do you believe the Bible? How do you believe Genesis one? What about two creation stories? Like, how do you believe all that and evolution? We're learning one thing in, hmm. you know, biology classes. And then, you know, how do, how do I reconcile with that, with yeah. what I just always assumed in, in the flood and, the um, you know, all those, I kind of had those old Testament, like especially early Genesis kind of questions sure. like, okay, how does this line up? Are these just, Are these just little nice stories? Is this exactly how it happened? Uh, And and some of that, man, I didn't figure all that out. Um, And some of that I maybe still wrestle with. I I think I've gotten to a a a beautiful place with with scripture and like trying to look at okay, what what is what is happening right here in scripture? What was the author trying to communicate? What type Mm. of what genre of literature are we reading right now? Like some of that is has really helped me. And I didn't, I don't know that I figured. I didn't figure all that much out in college, yeah. but I got to a place where it was like, okay, it's okay to ask. Hmm. It's okay to not know. Yeah. Uh, because that is not, you know, what I grew up with, with, Oh no, wait, no, here's the answer. And yep. or just know, having a faith, right? Hmm. Have more faith. Just believe. I remember a conversation. Luckily my mom doesn't listen to podcasts, but, uh, <laughs> I kind of shared with my mom, some of the doubts, some of the things I'm struggling with. And her answer was just, I, I just think you have to believe. and like, yeah, I'm trying mom. Like, yeah, (laughs) that, that didn't help. Um, so man, I, I've, I have gone through a lot. At one point I was having kind of another faith crisis. And this is maybe what I talked about even at, at merge back in the day, I ended up in, in seminary, which is a funny place to go. When you've got doubts, a lot of people struggle (laughs) and end up losing their faith in seminary. I was like, well, I, I don't know where else I have to go. Um, and I was wrestling through like, you know, some of these old Genesis stories, okay, I can do that. But, like, wh- what about, h- like, how do we reconcile archaeology, history, other things? Uh, like, And, man, I, I got to, like, the bottom for me was, like, grabbing a hold of Jesus and Jesus in the Gospels with one hand. And I can explore. I can read stuff that, you know, makes other people mad. But what I got to, what my faith is in Christian is in that Jesus came, lived, died, and had a bodily resurrection. That is what I am grabbing onto. And the other stuff, you know, we can talk about it. Let's talk about it. It's not that it doesn't matter, Mm. and I'm not cutting parts of my Bible out. Yeah. But that is where my faith hinges. I mean, maybe, I mean, the bodily resurrection, man, that for me, like. That was it. Yeah. That that's what I'm hanging on to that one, and yeah. then we'll we'll figure the rest out, dude. That's
0: but. I'm honestly that rocked my world, and I'm so glad that you said that because myself growing up in a Christian context, and I'm sure you'd say it's very similar. What you just said is so powerful, but I feel like I would be almost shamed. It's almost taboo to say, "Hey, I'm going to hold on to this," because it really, when you look at the entire scope, the entire grand narrative of Scripture is what you know. Some of the, some people call it right. It all points to and culminates in Jesus. And it's all about we Jim says it all the time here at Flatirons, and I'm so thankful that he does. Hey, the thing we base our faith off of is the fact that Jesus said, They're gonna nail me to a cross, I'm gonna die. And then hey, and three days later, I'm 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 gonna come back to life. That's what you bank your faith off of. And I love that you said that because I think it's very freeing to even have that conversation of there are so many people, whatever level of your faith is. It is really freaking hard to get your head around some stuff in the Bible sometimes. It really is, right? There, there's a lot of study. It's, it's a beautiful book. It's an incredible book. It's, it's changed my life. But to like you're saying, man, I still read through Small Testament stories, and I'm like, I got a really hard time believing some of this is, is true. And, and I can come up with every equation and scenario in my head, but I love what you said that it's like, hey, Jesus is what changed your life. Absolutely. His story, his work, his life, and what he did on the cross, and then backing it up by coming back to life and seeing that in almost in a way of history, of going like, hey, there's there's some history, there's some proof to back this up. I'm banking my faith off of that, and that's why I follow, and that's what it's about. And I'm not going to get lost in some of the semantics of of all this other stuff, even though stuff is good and important. Right. You can still be someone who holds so firmly to the gospel and holds on to Jesus as your Lord and someone you want to follow and someone who saved you and still have a lot of questions about his book which is huge, man.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, that book was put together over thousands of years. There are so many things that we have to consider, but that's what I'm hanging on to. I'm hanging on. I'm not hanging on to was Jonah in a fish. Was that story a metaphor? Was Was it an allegory? It seems like an allegory to me. Like, yeah, but, but my faith isn't hinging either way. Like Mm. I, that, but it is hinging on Jesus. All about Jesus. That that's the crux of the whole the whole thing. And I'm here for it, man. If we want to talk flood, if we want to talk
0: yeah, creation yeah, stories, all sure. that J E
1: B D I like all that is I think it's fun and it is worthwhile, I think, digging to see what God has in there. Mm. Because it's not that we throw it out. Yeah. I, I don't want to do that, man. I have found go I have found gold in yeah. the Psalms. Yeah. Like everything I've ever felt is written in the Psalms, mm. man. I'm so I'm not throwing that one out. Yeah. So let let's you know let's dig through that. But for me, like yeah, it's it's
0: all about Jesus. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you feel this way. I almost kind of feel, and I'm not saying this isn't true for some people. I almost want to call a sense of BS when I sit with someone who's like every if anyone would ever claim or act like hey every bit of the Bible makes sense to me, I really do want to call like I'm almost like dude that's that's BS. Don't even act because it's what what you're saying is right. because of what Jesus did and what we I've seen him do in my life. I trust him enough to go, hey, even with the stuff that I struggle with in the Old Testament, even parts of the New Testament, I'm looking at you in your life, and I've seen what you've done in my life, and every bit of, of faith that I've had that I've put in you, you've kept every single promise. Mm. You, have, you have not failed. You've held up your end of the bargain. That's built faith in me to go, even when I have those questions, it, it might not make sense to me right now i choose to trust this as divinely inspired, which is just saying, Hey God, God breathed this thing. He inspired Absolutely. this book. I and love that, that you know, word yeah, more it, than, more yeah. than some
1: others that people like sure, use. Yeah. inspired over, yeah. you know, an Aaron infallible, whatever. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: And and there's an essence of it where it's like, Hey, I, I can hold on to Jesus and go, this may never make sense. This may not make sense yet, but I'm holding on to you and trusting that there's good intentions behind this because I see you and your character. And I think that's so important when we start with some of this is, Really, looking at the person of Jesus. And I would be so curious to even unpack this more with kind of your philosophy with global scope because I'm sure that's I mean that that's a lot of the hang-up for a lot of people. I'm sure people listening, people who have friends who are not a part of the church, I don't think a lot of people have an issue with the person of Jesus. I no. think a lot of people have an issue with number one, his followers and how they treated people. <laughs> right? Right? And number two, a lot of these really big, high level questions that most churches and most Christians either go, I don't have an answer for it, and stop talking about it, or number two, just have enough faith. There's not actually a space to wrestle. I'd be so curious, as this is a part of your story, is still a part of your story as it is mine, how has that played out into how you have seen, maybe through Global Scope, your life, people you know, how, how does it affect how you, for lack of a better term, share the gospel with people who are use a christian term here far from god meaning people just yeah. don't know Jesus. Right.
1: I it is amazing to me like how curious people are about Jesus. Even in we're working mm. so we're in England, we're in, you know Germany, Scotland, Uruguay, like we're in places where that are very post christian, mm-hmm. you know, most people do not go to church, uh do not have any kind of faith background. Uh many people have opinions about the church, but when you get down to that mm. like okay, who is Jesus? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? It is amazing how many, I've found atheists who are very curious about Jesus. Mm. Like, and they're not going to walk in a church. Like, if you want to sit down, have a relationship, you know, over a pint or over a cup of coffee, let's discuss like this person of Jesus. They are way more interested in that than they Mm. are in walking through the doors of your church. Um, so that is I mean that's what we're leading with, and that's um you know we want to be we want to work we're a parachurch organization, we work alongside the church, we want to be a bridge back to the church, yeah. but a lot of people's hang up is the church, and frankly us like oh yeah 100%. It, it's yeah. us, we're Christians, yep, uh, and I think we have to own our own mistakes in that, but I've just found it like it's in, it's just intriguing to me how many young people are at least willing to hear. Willing to listen, mm. I, I you know we find a lot of our ministries. They'll you know when we get to like the the Jesus talk of the night, we have got a midweek thing. We got a free meal, hanging out, discussion questions, and we we let people know what they're in for. <clears throat> and when it comes to time to talk about Jesus, you know we're like, hey, listen, if you're not comfortable, if you're not a yeah. Jesus follower, you know you can step out. You don't have to say. Almost everybody stays. Mm. There is something there. People want to know. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're going to follow him tomorrow.
0: Yeah. But there is something there, and that's what's so compelling. Where do you think that curiosity comes from? Do you think it comes from a sense of, hey, there's there's a, there's a, there's a deep longing for what maybe we Christians claim and what Jesus himself claimed he can satisfy, which I'd be a testament to, like, when I discovered he could satisfy it, it changed my life. But do you think that that, that curiosity comes from a sense of hate I'm curious about what Jesus could offer me, or does it come from I've been around a lot of just, I'll just say it, pretty shitty Christians. Mm. You guys aren't what's different. Like, what what would you say that comes from?
1: I think it's probably different things. It could be that, like you guys seem different. But also, I think at the end of the day, young people in particular, but also all people, we're trying to figure this whole thing out. Like, what is life? Why am I here? Um and I think that that question plagues the atheist as much as it does the Jesus follower who's grown up in church. Why, why are we here? What Mm -hmm. are we doing here? So there's this, I believe this, you know, something God has put in us, this longing, we're trying to figure it out and we're Mm -hmm. wondering, could this be it? But part of it is, is there a safe place where I can kind of explore and listen or am I going to go in and be, you know, instantly, you know, Ostracized or seen as weird, or yeah. oh, this is not your place. What are you doing here? Yeah. So, can we create spaces where folks can just come, listen, and check it out? Because we're all we're asking the same questions.
0: Yeah, and like, I love why you, are we here? Yeah, I would love I love when I, I want to highlight a few things you said because I think. And we we've talked about this before, but I don't think we talk about it enough, which is like how do we get over this weird daunting thing of sharing our faith with the friends, especially when we have doubts ourselves, right? Yes. And there's this piece of it, there's a couple things that you've said, and this is what I love about what Global Scub does. This is what I love about who you are, man, mm-hmm. and like what you carry and, 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 and what you just radiate is a sense of number one authenticity. Mm-hmm. I don't think it can be said enough. Like, don't BS people. Seriously, and I, I've I've learned this with myself when I've done it. I've seen it's the thing that I don't like in other Christians. Probably the chief thing I don't like the most is human beings and kids especially. We have a super high BS factor, man. We have we have a radar that we just know there's something that we can sense where you're being disingenuous right. or genuine. And what you said is, I think number one, this ability to allow people to be in this space to be curious is number one. You got You have to be authentic. Don't act like you have all the answers if you don't have them. Be real. And, 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 and be willing to, to lead with authenticity, authenticity. Number two, I love what you said. And I think this is something that I want to carry through because oftentimes I feel this like, cause I work for a church, right? Yeah. I feel this weird responsibility to like, I have to share the gospel. I have to say the perfect thing. I have to have the right answer. I think what you said, what this made me think of is, man, am I going to be a safe space for people in my life to wrestle with their faith? And I think that's huge, man. Is like we it takes some of the pressure off of us, off of our shoulders to go, oh my God, I I have to say the perfect thing. I have to I have to share my faith just right with this person at the just the right time. It takes a lot of pressures off. Uh, uh, at least I perceive it that way. When I change the approach to be, how do I just become a safe space for people to be heard and, and wrestle with this stuff and like it sounds dumb and cliche, but like God fills all the space in between that, you know, it's gotta be, I mean, we got to realize what's our job and what's the Holy Spirit's job,
1: right? Mm. Like it is not my job to convict, to convert, to, you know, all that is like out of my department. I think my job, and this is what I think evangelism should be is what is the good news in my life? Yeah, How do I, share that, share my story with someone else. Cause that is what is compelling to people. Christian. I, I don't think, you know, some people study apologetics and all that. Maybe that's fine, but I'm not, I have never argued anyone into being a Jesus follower.
0: C.S. Lewis said that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Like, but what I have done is shared like, Hey, this is my life. This is what God's doing in me right now. Mm. This is some of the beauty of this. You know, I think the safe space that we can create when we don't have it all figured out. Cause yeah. I don't is yeah. like, Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what God's doing in me right mm. now. I just want to share that and share my story with yeah. you. Cause that, no one refutes your story. Yeah. Like, and if you build up enough trust, you're going to get the opportunity or you're, you'll be able to take the opportunity to share your story. And that's what i I think is compelling. Like yeah. someone saying, Hey, there is something different about you. I want to hear from you why that is what yeah. that is. So and we can we can all do that. Like yeah. I think we, you know, we get ourselves so entangled thinking we have to have the perfect argument. Like, man, what arguments have ever like arguments don't convince me of anything. Mm. Like if you want to argue, let's talk sports. Let's talk to the owner of For the Rockies. Sure. All we end up doing is like backing into our corner. Yeah. We're like a wounded animal and Kurt, like lashing out. But man, I want to hear your story. Yeah. Story is compelling, and that that's what people want to hear. And I think, yeah, and there's time to share Scripture and what Jesus means to you. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, like, we all have a story to tell. That's uh, what you yeah. have to tell.
0: And I love you said it's irrefutable. Some, no, nobody can take your story away from you. If you're honest about your story, nobody right. can take that away or tell you that's untrue uh, yeah. versus having to come up with some sort of apologetical approach to this is why. And because, again, and my story is this, and I think so many people listening, this is their story as well. It's not that all of a sudden I came to a conclusion about, Genesis's interpretation of creation versus uh, evolution, or I, you know, I I perfectly reconcile theistic evolution and oh, I f- no, it's I discovered the person of Jesus more more so he discovered me right. and helped me discover him and right. that's what changed my life was him and nobody can take that away from me, so let's not get lost in the semantics of all this stuff. Let's leave with our stories and be authentic, man. I, I love that kind of to to start closing this this conversation out. I want to ask you two questions one that's a little more personal, and then one, yeah. I just want to give you a chance to give some more info on global scope. Sure. if anyone wants to get involved. So I love, man, I love that this conversation kind of turned into this sense of like, how do we realistically approach our faith and sharing our faith with, faith with other people, even when we're carrying doubt? I'd love to ask you, kind of in this, this, this season of your life that you're in right now, where you're at right now, man, how would you encourage young professionals, young adults to go about pursuing Jesus in the midst of having doubt? Like if you could just... Lean into the, just to, just a room full of young adults. And I know you're going to do this with us at our absolutely guest as well. Yeah. Um, this this episode's coming out afterwards, so you've done this. But um, how would you lean into to young adults, man? How would you encourage them? What would you say to them in that way?
1: Yeah, my my encouragement one is having a community that you can lean on. Like I have the worst version of myself in pretty much every phase of my life has been when I've tried to figure it all out on my own, mm. you know, just, just me alone in my own head. Uh I think we are built for community. And so, and not just being around people, but having people that you can walk with, having mm. people that are close that you can share like your struggles, what you are doubting with, like get some people you trust mm. and bring them in close yeah. and just share together, do life together. You're, we are not meant to walk alone. And I think, Yeah. I I could do a whole sidebar on how, how loneliness, um, like so many people are struggling and feel like they're alone, like find a friend or two and just start sharing your own story and try to, you know, work together with each other. The other, my other big, big, I think piece of advice for young adults and and maybe anyone is, is find a mentor, find somebody, Mm. find a friend, call it whatever you want. Find somebody who's maybe a few years down the line either in their faith or just in life and build a relationship there. Like, who are you? I mean, this is, this is what we see modeled so well. Uh, We go on and on about all kinds of things about Paul. But uh, one of the things I loved is he, he always had somebody with him. Like Hmm. he is, you know, we, who are you, who are you following like who is discipling you? And then who are you discipling? Yeah. So like circle up, let's get, I mean, I love, you know, I love a big, a fun event as much as the next person. Sure, bounce around, oh, yeah. meet tons of people, but that's not actually where I've seen life transformation happen. Mm. It's, it's really sitting around in a small circle and sharing life. So who are you doing life with? Who is, who is discipling you? Who are you looking at? Like, man, in a few years I want to be that kind of man, Mm. that kind of woman, that kind of mom, that
0: kind of dad, and start following them. It's so good, man. And I think intrinsically in that too, I mean, something not just to kind of tack on is, I think, in the midst of your doubt, give yourself a ton of grace and allow yourself to discover, man. Because that's something I see with you, Phil, that is so authentic about you that I love, even just like, we hadn't seen each other in forever. And it's like, yeah, you (laughs) and, ah, you know, it's weird season of life, blah, blah. (laughs) Right. There's this, this passion that's coming out of mm. you for, for what God's doing through global scope through you in your life. But you still mention, Hey, I'm still carrying some doubts, man. And what I see with that with you is like, that's, you're not letting that stop what God's doing in your life, nor are you letting that stop God using you mm. to influence other people's lives. And I think that's a huge thing. I want to note that I'm seeing in you is like, give yourself grace and allow yourself to struggle, allow yourself to have doubts. And I, I'll, I'll say this for the sake of our community. If you're in the Colorado area, um, you're a part of our community. want to check us out. One thing I can promise you is that we're going to do everything we can to be a safe space for you to, mm. to, to wrestle with your faith. I don't care how much you believe or how little you believe or if you believe at all. This is a place where you can come and be full of doubts. I promise you, I work here, and I am full of them. Yeah. There's days I wake up, and I'm like, I don't even know if God exists, but i got to go to work today, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So this is a community for that. But I wanted to echo That's that, man, because I see beautiful. that so powerfully in you. Thank you. Um, Thanks for sharing that. Kind of wrap this up. I, I For anybody who's listening that is maybe, uh, I mean, millennials and young adults love travel as it is, so. You guys got some pretty sweet locations. But we do. We, we're in some, some pretty, cool places. Yeah. yeah. But for anyone maybe who is is is, is curious in, man, I want to get involved in in long term missions. I I I, I want to go see what God's doing around the world. Maybe maybe short term. How how would you encourage, man? Like what what's going on with Global Scope? How can people get involved? How can people support Global Scope? Like anything you want to say to. This is your time to shamelessly pump, man. You're you're awesome, awesome Boom. organization. It up. So yeah, let's tee it up. For feel me. free, get out. So
1: yeah, it. so I think first of all, there are we usually take, you know, COVID shut some things down, but but Flatirons usually does two or three trips to yep. global scope locations, just week long. You know, you raise funds for that, get to go experience it and see what's happening for a week. I'd encourage people to look into that, look at missions at, at Flatirons. But if you're looking for the next the next thing beyond that, we have. We've got summer opportunities. We've got semester long. We've got all the way. You don't have to sign up for the rest of your life yeah. out of the gate. And, in fact, I encourage a lot of people to, hey, take a semester, take six months, take a year, go do this, like, while you're a young adult and you're not an old adult yeah, like uh, <laughs> like some of <laughs> it's not, us. Man. It's, yeah. You know, there is, there is something uh, beautiful about this time. There's some flexibility you have as a yeah. young adult. Like, why not? Even if it's not you know, for the rest of your life, why not go somewhere and serve? Uh, So you can find our website and all that, but we've got all kinds of opportunities, you know, from a, from a summer on uh, cmfi.org slash global scope. Check us out there. But yeah, I'd love to chat with anybody. Shoot me an email. Um, But I'd love to chat with anybody who's, who's thinking about serving. And my, I, I will say this too, is like, I, I love seeing people get involved with what God is doing around the world. Mm. And that might be with us, yeah. but it could be with somebody else too. I, I love talking missions. So, Hey, maybe you're passionate about somewhere else. Like I'm pretty connected in that world. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be with us. I'm not like a used car salesman here trying to get everybody <laughs> get to, get to, to, get to decide to sale, yeah. what's it going to take to get you in there today. So yeah, if you're interested, look me up. Uh, I'm out there on all the things yeah we'll
0: uh we'll, we'll put some information too in the show link notes. link in the too, show yeah, notes is that, that yeah. what you say in yeah, a podcast dude, there you go you're you're dude you're trending man you got this <laughs> yeah bro. right smash that like button <laughs> that's Give us right five, oh, so my oh my gosh oh my kids you'll find moment. this <laughs> yeah right oh man phil dude this was awesome uh so pumped for you to speak to with us man in our community excited about we'll it we'll have you back around man thanks so much for joining us yeah
1: thanks yeah. christian